The Great Filter is a Phobos Tech podcast. All proceeds go to fund the STEM Theory Research Project, inspired by the economic systems of both Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek and Ian M. Binks's Culture series. STEM Theory aims for a cleaner, healthier future for all of humanity. Go to thegreatfilterpodcast.com to like, rate, subscribe, or follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. The Great Filter has adopted the No Pass Directive. That's no placements, ads, spots, or sponsors. So check out the support link at thegreatfilterpodcast.com and consider becoming a monthly contributor. Options are as low as 99 cents per month. Thank you. Will we be the filtered or the filtrate? This is the great filter. But in the end, one needs more courage to live than to kill himself. Albert Camus. I think that's a very relevant quote. Um, I wanted to kind of make the point that, right, it says, in the end, one needs more courage to live than to kill himself. And, of course, you've heard people, you know, say things that kind of, um, especially talking about suicide specifically, uh, say things that that resonate with that. Uh, but in talking about us, the human collective together, th- there is a relevance here. There, there's, and it might not be completely obvious, and it may very well be something that you know that I just saw in it. But I, before we get moving, I wanted to kind of talk about this really quick because I find it interesting. Okay, now to illustrate what what I'm seeing in my mind here, um, I, I'm going to make a couple of analogies. So just bear with me and, and follow along uh, so I can, you know, really kind of sketch this out. And now we've all seen, you know, the caricatures and, and the cartoons of of somebody leading a donkey with a carrot on a stick. It's a pretty common uh, symbol used in a lot of different stories and metaphors. But uh, I'm going to kind of steal that for a second and use it in a bit of a different way. I'm going to put a twist on this. Now, I don't think too many people are going to disagree with me if I say that we now live in a world where our life, our, our literal uh, capacity <laughs> to obtain uh, sustenance, you know, the things we need to, to live, to, for our bodies to work correctly, our life, our health, our mental and physical uh, wellness, our happiness, uh, fulfillment, everything that is important to us as humans, everything that we have or hold as having value, has been hijacked and sealed off behind a paywall. Um, It is nearly impossible to live without money. I mean, even according to uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Even some of your most basic necessities in order to to feel like you are a living human being, a shelter, for instance, you need money to to have a place to live. You 
absolutely need money. In fact, it has gotten to the point to where you cannot set a place up to just live and, you know, out in the desert or anywhere. You, you can actually get ticketed. Uh, the homeless downtown that, that put up tents, they don't have homes. They get ticketed for, uh, quote unquote, urban camping. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. It's one of the most frustrating things about what we have done here. As a people, we have constructed this very solid and uh, impenetrable paywall and put everything that life requires behind it. You have to pay for everything. That is how we have designed our world. Now, an economist would say, well, this is a good thing. There's a lot of reasons for it. And some of their arguments are valid, given, right? I, I'm not going to uh, uh, argue against the necessity of putting these different pay systems or, I guess, barriers between people and what they need to survive in order to keep the economy healthy. Of course you do. You absolutely do. But therein lies the problem. And the problem is much more insidious than I think most people understand. And this is why. Uh, don't worry, we're going to get back to the carrot and the stick, but I, I just need to set this up really quickly. So uh, if you have not heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, Maslow, uh, Abraham Maslow was a psychologist and he designed what is called the hierarchy of needs. Now these are basic needs that humans have to first survive. So you have your basic needs, which are your, uh, your physiological needs. So food, water, um, sleep, warmth, rest, uh, and then you have safety needs. Uh, it's a second tier up. Uh, security, safety, shelter. Okay, these these are the needs that you you need to feel safe. Um, you need to feel protected from from the world around you. And and then once you have those established, you jump up to the next tier, the third tier, uh, which now goes in goes from basic needs to psychological needs. So your first level of psychological needs are are uh, needs of feeling belonged, right? Um, needs of feeling loved, accepted, okay? Intimate relationships, friends, families, that sort of a thing. And the next psychological um, rung up is esteem needs. We need to feel appreciated, accepted. We need to feel accomplished. We need to feel recognized for what we do. Uh, these These are needs that we psychologically need to be, you know, feel, feel good. And then the next step up is, is needs of self-fulfillment or self-actualization. And these are needs like, um, achieving great achievements, uh, doing, fulfilling your potential, becoming your best self. Now, Maslow's hierarchy, which is often depicted, you know, as being a, a triangle or a or a pyramid, it, it's interesting to note that our needs as humans are radically different from the needs of the market. And this is kind of where I'm going. 
when we exchange money for foods and goods and services, there is a fundamental shift in needs that there is a conversion. Okay. There's a conversion that happens between our needs as humans into the needs of the market. Now, any sufficiently complicated system in order to survive has needs. The market's needs are objectively contrary to the human's needs. Not only that, but it converts human needs into its needs in a way that actually hurts us. So for instance, let's, let's take a look at somebody who is addicted to heroin or methamphetamines or whatever. Now that person's natural drives, okay, their natural drive has been hijacked by the chemical. And because the drugs are illegal, they need to find a way to get that money because the money is, is the all powerful substance, right? It's the uh, omnipotent sort of, it, it, it really is kind of a God, right? It's a, it's a little mini God. It's got the power to be converted into anything that is of value. That alone, that right there is the need of the market. Now, the junkies need is instantaneously converted into the market's need. So in, in fulfilling his own, you know, neurochemical needs, just the simple fact that money exists is altering his, his motives. It's switching from the natural, you know, supply of, of, you know, possibly growing poppies or, or whatever you would need to do to naturally obtain uh, the substance to an investment into the market's needs. So right there, we see a conversion from from a human's needs. Never mind that that it's a an artificial need, that it's a need that's been uh, brought about because of their addiction. It is still a need that that person has, and it has been converted into the market's needs. Now let's look at the needs of a. Um, of a chemist, a researcher that works for a, a pharmacology company, right? Somebody that produces uh, chemicals and medications to be used in, in medicine. Now, let's say that the company has spent a lot of money investigating a, a series of medicines, or, or I guess potential medicines, and a, a sort of chain reaction happens. Um, the company is not doing well, so the investors are freaking out and, you know, having conferences with, uh, with the board and there's, you know, uh, meetings with the CEO and the um, CFO and just a bunch of different big players in this company. And they decide that money needs to come from somewhere. So these guys are frustrating that they're not making money. Something needs to happen. This product needs to get on the shelves no matter what the cost. Well, where, where does that decision come from? That is a need of the market. That is not a need of the human. The, the company itself is almost like a node in, in the market intelligence. It's almost like its own little entity within the larger market entity. And it needs to survive, right? The company has to survive. 
So the needs of the market now take over and drive the, uh, the management to kind of come down on the research team. And the research team, instead of them fulfilling the needs of the customers and the needs of their own psychological well-being, are now moved to, to fulfill the market's needs. Now they have to, you know, they're being uh, pushed to kind of fudge numbers a little bit or, you know, kind of make the, uh, make the research just a little bit more open to interpretation. So that happens. Well, that's the market's needs causing that to happen. That is not the human's needs causing that to happen. So we have a conflict of needs. This, this happens everywhere. This isn't, you know, here and there. We could spend all day going over different situations and showing how the needs of the market affects our decisions daily, daily, okay? Uh, anywhere from corporate behavior to political behavior to behavior in the courts to behavior, you know, lawyers and, and uh, defendants and junkies on the street and, you know, workers at McDonald's families that need to feed their children. The market's needs, no matter how contrary they are to the human's needs, have infected everything. And this is because of one simple thing, and that is because we have constructed this paywall, and we have put everything that is necessary behind it, and you absolutely need money to get to it. A current big example is the... Uh, um, the moratorium that the CDC is, has put on, on rent, that you cannot evict anybody for not paying rent right now. This is actually a unique case where the needs of the human are, are being displayed out loud in front of everybody. The needs of the human against the needs of the market. There is a conflict. We have, we have uh, realized that so many people are going to lose their homes and be cast out and put on the streets if we don't do something about this. Now, there are two very crazy sides to this, and both sides have good points, but only under the context of the needs of the market. In that, our current world is so fixated and so attached and so deeply rooted into what the market needs to survive, it is a bad thing to let them not pay rent. However, from the perspective of, you know, humanitarianism, of, of having some sort of heart for those around us, forcing them out of their homes in droves is a bad thing also. So the fight really is over. Is the market more important or are these humans more important? And that's what it's come down to. Now, of course, it's easy to say humans are more important in this situation. And I, I, I agree, except that the, there's also <laughs> market stability. Once the landlords start going out of business and those places go into foreclosure, people are going to be going having to leave their places anyway because the banks are going to foreclose on the properties it's and you know it's it's going to cause a uh just echoes throughout the market 
that are going to affect all sorts of different things because we are so attached to it, because we are so anchored into the needs of the market and we are so used to setting the needs of the market above our own needs. And this last example kind of puts a pin in this. And let me explain why. So the market has a proto mind, okay? It is a mind, it, it has needs, it has wants, it has desires, and, and it has drives, it has motivations, things that it wants to accomplish. And when we're talking about the market, when we're talking about this proto mind, it is not a fully cognizant thing. I mean, obviously, but it is composed of little tiny voices in everybody's head that tells them to do certain things that are necessary to keep their business alive or that are necessary to make more money. And so the market, it's, it's this proto mind, I guess you could call it, really does have a personality. Although you could very, <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I think we are very justified in, in labeling the mind of the market as psychopathic or sociopathic because it, it is. I mean, all of the behaviors it exhibits are to the T sociopathic and psychopathic. Now back to the carrot and the stick. Let's imagine everybody on earth as a part of a giant human herd with, you know, a, a half a foot between each person, just this incredible herd of humans. And imagine that there is a magical, you know, George Washington, green little George Washington head floating in front of everybody. And it's, you know, come this way, come this way. If you come this way, I'll get you what you need. I'll get you what you need, I promise. Keep coming this way, keep coming this way. So everybody's just kind of following these these little Washington heads, all right? So it's not a carrot, it's George Washington, sure. Now, everybody is following this, but remember, the market's needs, what the market wants, the direction it's pulling us, the direction it is, you know, come this way, come this way, keep coming this way, is not the direction that is healthy for us. And it, very literally, this is not the case. It, It's the market's needs and desires are in many instances in direct contradiction to what humans need. I mean, this is why when there are no jobs for people to get, why there are no jobs for people to get. Uh, people that are capable of working, that want to work, very well could expend their energy and work. But nobody wants them to for them because they don't have what is necessary to pay them. Which is, to me, just kind of this crazy silly thing that we do but that's the way it is okay so we've got this herd of humans they're all following their little individual george washington head in one direction now the entire herd far off in the distance they see this huge super volcano it's got smoke coming and billowing out of the top of it it's not it's not going to blow or anything but it's a volcano and we can see that the heads are leading us straight into this volcano. It's gonna take a while, you know? It's clear off in the distance, but at some point, we are all going to get there, march right up the side of this volcano, 
tip over the summit, go down into the crater, and clunk right into the throat of the volcano. It's going to happen because nobody knows how to not follow these heads. We don't know how to survive without these heads. But it is very obvious that that is the direction that the market is taking us. There is no question about it. And now imagine, imagine what would happen if somebody were to say, fuck you, George, I'm out of here. I'm not going that way. I'm not going to end up burning up in a pool of lava. That's, that's not my fate. I don't want to go there. So he takes a hard left and starts, you know, laterally trying to move through this herd of humans. Now, think about this. I mean, really think about this. How difficult would it be to maneuver through a herd of humans just full power forward going straight for this thing? And we're not talking about, you know, some humans. We're talking about 8 billion humans. This is the force. This is the momentum that this huge herd of creatures has just moving straight for this volcano. It would be very near to impossible. I, I honestly don't think anybody would be able to get out of this. It would be akin to uh, trying to cross a river at the rapids. It's just not doable. And not, not only is it not doable as far as, you know, trying to go either against or traverse laterally through the momentum of this herd, it's not doable in the same sense that once you stop following old George, you're not, you immediately cease receiving what you need to sustain your life. So if you're going to do this, if you're even going to an attempt to do this, you're going to have to, you know, take a few steps sideways and go forward for, you know, a few steps, a few steps sideways and go forward for a few steps, which is just, that's not going to get you there either. It's, it is an impossible situation. And yes, this is a symbolic expression of what we are doing. Okay. I don't think there is a human alive that doesn't understand this concept, that doesn't understand that there is no amount of, there, there are no amount of laws or regulations or any sort of, you know, uh, legal co coercive motion that can be put into place that would stop uh, the negative effects of the market. You, you can say, you know, um, uh, embezzling is wrong and make it against the law, but has that stopped it? You can say that, uh, uh, bribing, um, political officials is against the law. Has that stopped it? You can say drugs are against the law. Has that stopped it? In some cases, it's made it worse. Actually, in a vast majority of the cases, because once something is illegal, it becomes more valuable. And once something is more valuable, the market fucking wants its fingers in it. The market doesn't give a shit what is right and what is wrong, what is legal and what is not. You kidding me? This should be some of the most basic common sense any human being has. We all understand this, right? We all understand that it's not cool that people are losing their homes. We all understand that it's not cool that uh, people are getting sued for, um, 
for debts that they never fucking owed. This, this is not fair shit. It's not cool and it's not fair that uh, pharmaceutical companies sell bad medicine. It's not fair that food companies put shitty stuff in our food, you know, yellow number five. They put all this processed stuff in it that causes problems. But why does this stuff happen? Because the market demands it. It's the cheaper alternative. So, <laughs> I, I just realized that uh, that the script I wrote for, for this um, episode, it, yeah, we're like a fourth of the way through it. So I, I think this may very well be a multi-part episode because we're at like 25 minutes already. But um, yeah, so I think that this is a good stopping point here. Uh, are we going to cause our own extinction? That That's a really good question. And, and uh, the fact that it would almost be impossible to nick out these these negative influences of the market to get rid of them, to extract them and keep the market, I think is a very big part of the picture here because all of these extra things cause us to expend more energy to either deal with it or fix it or clean up, you know, clean up after it, whatever the case is. And uh, in the next episode, we're we're actually going to go over um, categories of possible global suicides. Uh, you know, initially I wanted to talk about uh, intentional and accidental things that happen, but as I as I began to organize this, it it seemed that um, <laughs> intentional and accidental is far more peppered throughout the entire, you know, uh, a landscape of, of possible global suicides. So it, it wasn't really something I could use to, to organize this. So I've reorganized it, but yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go over that. This all weaves into each other nicely. So we're going to talk about a few other things. Um, and, and hopefully, um, we can come to some resolution as to what the chances are that, that we will cause our own extinction. Okay, so uh, before we close this episode up, um, I, I wanted to take a second and give a special thanks to everybody that's been listening. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised, I guess. <laughs> Not surprised. Taken aback a little uh, at how many people have begun to listen to this. So I wanted to express my thanks. Uh, this has begun to grow a little bit faster than, than I anticipated. Well, I guess a lot faster. And so I'm, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, for those of you that have listened to some of the earlier episodes, you'll know that I have decided against doing or allowing any, any type of advertisement so if you want to support the show, if you want to support uh, STEM theory research, which is what uh, and any, any contributions or donations made, made to the Great Filter podcast go directly to funding STEM theory research. So if you don't know what that is, you can probably fish around. I, I'm trying to keep it mildly separate from, uh, from the podcast, but it's, 
it's complicated. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have enough time to really explain it. If you really want to see what the research is or, or figure out, you know, whether or not you want to uh, contribute or support, you can go to STEM Prime, S-T-E-M-P-R-I dot M-E. So STEMPRI dot me. Okay. Um, that is kind of the base of STEM theory research right now. It's kind of where I've just been publishing things as it's, as it's been happening. Uh, the, the whole major idea, there's a um, research proposal slash uh, business plan. Um, if you really want to get to understand what STEM theory is, uh, it's also linked to the uh, STEM Prime Research Cast YouTube channel. Um, but which I am also going to completely redo. I, yeah, those the videos are terrible. I, I'm just going to admit it now. I I have a hard time going back and going through them. Sometimes it's just like, oh wow, yeah, no, no wonder. <laughs> No wonder nobody wanted to listen to that. It's terrible. So I'm going to have to redo the the entire uh, video series. Anyway, what was I saying? I can. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So that's where you're going to find what STEM theory is, what it's about, and and if you want to, uh, you know, donate to to what I believe will has has the best chance of instead instantiating, you know, the world that we all kind of wish existed. That's, that's where the money is going to go. That's where your contributions and donations will go. It's going to go straight to that. Uh, one last note, uh, before we completely, absolutely stop here. Um, the great filter has a website. It is the great filter podcast.com. Uh, pretty, pretty easy. So there are uh, links to our feed on Spotify, Google podcast, um, breaker. We will be getting the Apple podcasts, uh, link up soon. The feed does exist. I just need to link it up. Um, and yeah, this, that, that's about it. If you enjoy this content or if, if it makes you angry, like it makes me, uh, if you appreciate what I'm talking about, if you agree with this, it would be an incredible boon if you if you just took a moment to you know subscribe or like or you know share the the episodes that that you particularly enjoyed with friends and family or episodes with friends and family that cover a topic that you think they specifically might be interested in. I would be very 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 thankful. Uh, and if you want to go the extra mile and uh, and you've been thinking about contributing or, um, or if you haven't, um, that would be absolutely amazing. Uh, I think you can go you do it for as little as 99 cents a month. Um, like I said, any contributions are just going to go straight to, uh, STEM theory research. Uh, what was I going to say about it? Oh yeah. Um, if you go to the greatfilterpodcast.com, Right above the uh, the episode player on the front page, there's kind of a little banner that's, you know, thank you stuff. And there is a link that says small monthly donations. If you click on that, it will take you to the do donations page. Or if you want to, you can just go straight to anchor.fm slash the great filter, all one word, 
slash support. And, and that will take you straight to the uh, contribution support um, link. So, yeah, I, I think that is it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it more than you know. Um, I'm, I'm really trying to get these concepts out and these ideas spread and in the same, in the same vein, trying to get some, uh, some more financial support for, uh, STEM theory research because there's still like years of research left to do. It's an incredibly mind bogglingly large project, but, but I have had uh, a few high profile researchers take a look at it um in you know from various fields that that have to do with uh stem theory itself and each one of them have you know aside from a few kind of minor corrections they've all given a thumbs up uh haven't seen any major holes in it they see no reason why it would not work so really the next step is just finishing the simulations getting some other stuff rolling and and really hit the research hard to hopefully uh, see if we can get a much better world rolling for everybody. I know changing the world is, is a tall order, like <laughs> stupid tall order, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just decided to, you know, jump off that cliff. Okay, I rambled. Uh, thank you. I love humanity. I know we can do better. I know we can pull out of this. We just need to decide to do it. Pull our heads up, work together, love each other, support each other, be grateful for each other, forgive each other, and uh, and we can we can do this. But we we need to start now. All right. Do take care. I am signing off. I will see you guys next time. Bye. In the interest of transparency, the Great Filter Podcast is a Phobos Tech production. All proceeds go to funding the STEM Theory Research Project and other Phobos Tech research endeavors. If you enjoyed this episode, please show your support by sharing, liking, and subscribing. You may also help support our efforts with a small monthly donation. Thanks.